You're listening to the TLC Football Podcast. Here are your hosts, Tyler, Landon, and Caleb. Well, it started off pretty rough, and then it got really, really nice as the Chiefs uh, end up beating the Pittsburgh Steelers by three touchdowns in a mostly dominant outing on Sunday Night Football. Chiefs 42, Steelers 21. We're going to talk about it and the whole of Wildcard Weekend. I'm Landon Fields. You can find me on Twitter at Fields underscore Lando. I'm Caleb Derlin. You can find me on Twitter at CDerlin53. I'm Tyler Savatinaya. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Suavage underscore. Find the show on Twitter at TLCFP. Once again, score 42-21. The Chiefs get a wild card round victory in Arrowhead Stadium over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Turns out NFL memes was right uh, when they said that the Chiefs were hosting uh, Big Ben's retirement party because that's how it went and that's how it felt. Uh, Big Ben likely done and likely done at the hands of the Chiefs. Uh, No more satisfying way for him to end his career, in my opinion. What did you guys think of this one? Obviously, you know, rough start for the Chiefs. It was really slow. They gave up the defensive touchdown to Pittsburgh. They trailed, uh, but pretty much immediately following that, they got into gear, figured it out, found the rhythm, uh, and it was really, really good from there on out. Yeah, um, just – so I actually attended this one, and, man, the fans brought the heat even through – the I think what was it like four or five like three and outs I think we had one first down um we were about three minutes left in the first quarter and I think there was a total of like 60 yards gained in the whole game uh by both teams and about 50 of those belonged to the Chiefs and no points obviously scored in the first first quarter uh by the end of it uh, then we give up that the defensive touchdown, and quickly it started to feel like a seventeen to fourteen game, and I was not, I was not feeling that. But then the Chiefs go and score on I think six straight possessions. Uh, if I'm if I'm wrong, it's probably five or four, and we had had one in the middle of there. But um, incredible burst of just craziness from the chiefs there uh patrick mahomes with five touchdowns in like under 11 minutes of game time jared mckinnon man i i, I was excited about this guy in the season didn't do much in the regular season kind of broke my heart a little bit but here he is man is he is he about to do the damien uh gosh what's his name damien williams right damien yeah he's about to do the damien williams thing and just go crazy in the playoffs you might, you might, man. I'm, I'm hoping so. I think he's the, I think he's the explosiveness that we absolutely needed throughout the season, and, and part of that is due to him not really making the most of his opportunities when he got them in the early part of the season, and part of that comes to um, his injury. I think he was out for like six weeks or so. Um, mm. So part of, part of that's on him, but I, I will say he looked fantastic. I was, I was Good. really surprised to see us come out slow we're the only team in the NFL that comes out as hot as we usually do. Mm-hmm. And to see the offense get stopped, um, it, it was, it was looking a little bleak there for, for a little bit. I knew we could get it going, but I knew that defense um, was, was a little strong Pat making some blunder moves um, in the first quarter team just couldn't get anything going. And then you just see it all start clicking. We start going for, the, the short gains. We start hitting the sticks on the outside. 
mm-hmm. we start using the screens and the little flat routes and you see guys start to get open kind of over the middle. Demarcus and Robinson meet, made some plays. Median area. Demarcus Robinson out there making plays. I mean, two, three back to back. He was just, he was just mm-hmm. getting in a rhythm, something that we don't often see him do. He only no. ended up with five targets, Almost never. but four catches and over, you know, over three quarters of the field in length for yardage at 76. Yeah. So uh, he was getting off and then the floodgates just opened. And I knew, I knew their offense didn't have enough firepower to compete with this team. It was going to have to be a defensive battle. And Patrick Mahomes turned in to LeVon yep. Mahomes. Uh, and that was a guy that nobody wants to see. <laughs> I yeah, want to hit uh, you guys with, oh. with a stat here real quick. Um, Peyton Manning, or a few stats, I should say. Peyton Manning had three 400-yard, five-touchdown games in his entire career across 292 starts. Dan Marino, three 400-yard, five-touchdown games, 258 starts. Joe Montana, three such games in 187 starts. Patrick Mahomes, four 400-yard and five-touchdown games in 72 career starts, including the playoffs um that's bananas guys those are three of the best quarterbacks of all time and Mahomes has it's 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 a bit of an arbitrary stab but it's still a very impressive one obviously it's 400 yard five touchdown games those aren't very common obviously and Mahomes has had four of them in under 115 less starts than the uh, the next closest guy uh, and he has one more of those games that's insanity Absolutely crazy. Mahomes is doing things at such a young age uh, that we've never seen anybody do uh, at, at his age, especially. Um, most most of the time when we see guys kind of have a couple, two to three years like this, it's in their, their mid-30s to, to late-30s, um, which gets me really excited for Mahomes' mid to late-30s. I'm not sure what the hell we're going to be seeing uh hopefully he continues to get better um if he does then i think kansas city is going to have to build uh, a new trophy room and people Um, say like oh it was a different era it's 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 this it's that but he 115 less games guys 115 220 less games than Mm -hmm. peyton manning Mm mm-hmm um, to, get, Manning to was, get to one more of those Peyton games. Manning was a different era, but it wasn't like it was in the 90s or or the 80s. It, right, yeah, Peyton Manning I mean, retired Pey- seven years ago. Peyton I mean, Manning was, won a Super Bowl in 2015. Yeah, he, he was he threw he threw for 5,400 yards and 55 touchdowns less than a decade ago still. Like, yeah. I mean, Peyton Manning was slaying it not that long ago. There's something to be said there. I mean, there two things can be true. Two things can be true. We can't just say it has to be one or the other. Is is Patrick Mahomes a product of the environment that the NFL is in currently? Yes, he is yeah, a to product a for sure. He is a product. I mean, there's not no degree about it. He is a product. They didn't pass this much in the 90s. They didn't pass this much in this in the 50s when they were playing. They've never passed the ball as much. They've never had receivers that are as good as they are now. Even Demarcus Robinson would be a one in most of those days. I mean, they the quality that's on the field today is much better than the quality that it has ever been. 
but yet again, Patrick Mahomes is special and there's no doubt about it. We can sit here and say, Peyton Manning didn't do it. Tom Brady hasn't done it. And he's the best to ever do it. in some of these categories that, that Patrick is already making stats in, but you can look at guys today, Justin Fields, was it, what is he doing? Um, I, I don't know who are some of the other first round guys that are coming in, you know, Sam Justin Bradford, yeah. never did it. Justin put Herbert up a lot of great is, numbers. He's Not doing like that. that Joe Burrow. But, you know, and even guys that are a little bit older than Patrick, Derek Carr, who some some people for some odd reason revere as one of the better quarterbacks in the league, not a top quarterback, but one of the better. He hasn't done it. Aaron Rodgers hasn't done it. You know, some of these other names that have been Russell Wilson hasn't done. It. So, you know, some of those mid mid area guys who have been around in this passing type league that haven't mm-hmm. been running so often. You can't you can't just just say that he's a product of the era that he lives in. That's a portion yep. of it. But Patrick Mahomes is special because nobody else has been able to do it as many games as he has. Let's just look at the games. Nobody else has been able to do it four or five times, however many times he's done. And if you're looking at the league right now, I don't know if there's been a time in NFL football where top to bottom we've had this many amazing quarterbacks in the league. Top to bottom. Uh, I, I like at the same time, I mean, we, we, we got Rogers, we got Brady, uh, um, uh, in the older generation, still, still sticking around and slinging their, their guns. Uh, Russell Wilson, obviously falling off a little bit, but still a great quarterback. And then you got youngins like Herbert and Josh Allen and, and Patrick Mahomes, uh, even Lamar Jackson just won an MVP. Wasn't great this year, but I mean, Lamar Jackson, could you imagine what he would have done to teams in the eighties? Like if, if a guy like that with that kind of, I mean, his arm isn't great, but Lamar would tear the hell out of the eighties. Like the, the athleticism on a quarterback like that in that, in that game would, would have been insane. I don't, I'd say there's one other era that had just as many good quarterbacks um, in the league. Now, again totally different era but there's one one other era that had that and that was in the 70s when you had marino steve young um that's the 80s or the 80s and 90s but but you you had marino there's a lot of there's a lot of very good quarterbacks uh, i think they had you know six or seven just like we have six or seven today i think that's the only time that that you could say the quarterback depth in the league has been rivaled up Mm -hmm. to this point Yeah, I, I think that's somewhat fair. There were a lot of really, really good quarterbacks in, in the 80s and 90s, for sure. Uh, very, very fun era of quarterback play there as well. Um, yeah, I think, but I do think now as far as like young up and coming guys, like it is the best, maybe it's been since that like John Elway draft class, uh, which had John Elway, I, Dan Marino, I think was in the same class. Uh, there's a couple other guys that ended up being really good uh, from that class as well. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a special, special time. Uh, a guy who's not among that, Ben Roethlisberger. Um He's could not. not really get much going and it wasn't completely his fault because there were uh, uh, some big drops um that would have you know extended drives and things but even if you include every single one of those i still don't think the steelers team does much uh in this game they were bad they were really bad and if it weren't for the defensive touchdown this wouldn't have even been a three-score game yeah um one big shout out i want to give to this game and a reason why i think uh it looks so one-sided for most of the game is because Pittsburgh couldn't do what Pittsburgh uses to bail them out in most games and get them to the playoffs like they had. And that was Najee Harris running for 2.4 yards a carry. Uh, For probably the first three to four drives the Steelers had, I don't think Najee Harris 
reached like 10 yards in, in the game. I, I like the, the guy could not get past the line of scrimmage. Uh, the defensive lines get, was getting an amazing push uh, as some of the best run defense I'd seen in a long time. Uh, and Najee Harris ended with 12 carries and 29 yards, uh, 12 carries mainly just because uh, towards the end of the game, Benny Snell and Kalen Balazs got some carries. And then also they just couldn't run the ball. It, it, it wasn't feasible to keep running the ball. So we had to put, they had to put it in Ben Roethlisberger's hands and make him throw 44 times, which is not going to win you a ball game for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, Najee had uh, 14 total touches, 12 rushes, two uh, receptions, and he had negative one yard receiving. So yeah. completely ineffective I if, day. I don't know if we can completely blame Najee. I think oh, it's not was, this, was one, it was, my, not this was one of my talking points going forward. It was that D-line. The D-line, our defense played amazing. There's, there's all credit to our defensive line. But I want to point out one thing is that Najee Harris's usage has been absolutely ridiculous. I think he had – somewhere along the lines of like four or 500 touches. I mean, outside of Derrick Henry, there's nobody else. Derrick Henry and, and uh, I, I don't know, Alvin Kamara. I don't even Christian think Alvin McCaffrey, Kamara. If he plays a full season. If he plays a – I don't even – honestly, I don't think Alvin Kamara or Christian McCaffrey are touching the ball that many times. Najee Harris and, and uh, Derrick Henry are the only two that are touching the ball that many times, and, and they're only giving Najee that ball as a rookie – that many times is because there's nothing else that they can do. Which I think ben is another average four air yards per attempt the entire season. Which I think is another which testament is to how atrocious. I think it's a testament to how impressive holding him to 14 attempts is because I mean we, we knew what they wanted to do. Najee Harris was probably they're gonna ride if, if they were gonna win, they were gonna ride Najee Harris to a win. It was gonna yes. be Najee Harris and uh, probably a couple really awesome catches from Deontay Johnson. Um, but Najee Harris with tel- 12 carries is super telling. I, I I would like to go back and look at the Steelers' like uh, previous games and see the last time he only got 14 touches in a game because I think that's just wild to me. Well, and, and so that's kind of where my point was going is, number one, he couldn't get anything going because he's tired. They use him far too often. Nobody is Derrick Henry where you can touch the ball four, five, six hundred times in a season and still be completely fresh. That man is a completely different animal. Najee can't do that as a rookie because, one, he's used to playing uh, 14 games in a season if they make it to the national championship. You know, like, it's just not feasible for a young guy to be able to do that unless you're some type of different animal uh, like like Derrick Henry and that's why he got the 12 touches is number one he's too tired number two they were down by 30 points <laughs> they didn't have a choice they had to mm-hmm. throw the ball and yep. you get a guy like Deontay Johnson who comes out and says well you know don't jump on the bandwagon you know once we win this game stay stay on your lane like dude you had an opportunity and you dropped multiple passes and did absolutely nothing you had 10 targets mm-hmm. and five receptions that's not going to cut it especially when you have a guy like Ben who can't throw it more than four or five yards down the field. This was three of those five incompletions of his targets were directly his fault. That were just drops. It was an utter disaster by the Steelers and something that all three of us agree on. And most of, I think everybody in the NFL minus whoever picked the Steelers to beat the chiefs. Yay. Who is getting, Mike Florio getting paid millions of dollars to spew <laughs> crap. Um, 
Yeah, like oh, this has been nobody, nobody expected the Steelers to come in and really, really challenge the Chiefs or or really any team. They could have played anyone and not have challenged them just based on the limitations that they have. One, Najee being tired, two, Ben being awful. Yeah, I mean, the Steelers, I think, were the 14th best team in the playoffs going in. Uh, I would have picked pretty much anybody else against them. I maybe Steelers Eagles is a game. Maybe. Um, otherwise, I think everyone else beats them by a few scores. <laughs> um, they, they were the worst team in, in the playoff field. Um, and that's kind of why I was rooting for, um, in a way, at least rooting for the Colts and rooting for the tie, because I, I, I want to see the best teams. It helps the Chiefs get, you know, a three touchdown win. I still want to see the best teams because uh, that's more interesting at, at mm-hmm. the end of the day. But hey, it, it puts the Chiefs in the divisional round. So you won't hear me uh, complain about yeah. that at all. Uh, what else did I ask you guys about this one on on either side? Any anybody any any player that specifically stood out other than Patrick Mahomes? You know, having 400 yards and five scores. I'm just saying, Jarek McKinnon is one big game away from me ordering a jersey. Because <laughs> uh, yeah, I was man. gonna do it. I was gonna do it at the beginning of the season, but man, the touches just weren't. His touches were not allowing me to to go make that purchase. But it's gonna happen if he has another big game. He's he's going to stick around. I have a good feeling that he's going to be one of the guys that sticks around. This could potentially be the lead back of the Kansas City Chiefs moving this forward outside one, of this season. This is one thousand percent exactly what I was expecting when we had signed him, and why I was so excited about it. I mean, I think he had more receptions in this game. He went six for six, by the way. He had more receptions in this game than Clyde Edwards-Alaire and. Daryl Williams had targets combined in like the first six games. Mm-hmm. McKinnon's a beast, man. And uh, Chiefs Kingdom is now waking up to it. I don't think he is a beast. I think he was a beast in this game. I think he's um, a beast in general. And uh, this system is going to make him even better. Uh, I hope. I don't think he is, or else he would have played more. But uh, I mean, he he was really good in this game, though, and I don't want to I don't want to crap on that. He was great. It was living up to what is becoming a tradition for the Chiefs, turning their running backs into absolute monsters and touchdown machines yeah. uh, when when the calendar flips to the playoffs. Uh, another one of those kind of outings for McKinnon is, is that maybe part of the reason why you don't see this as much in the regular season now is because the Chiefs are kind of holding that part of their playbook back a little bit, knowing that they're going to be good enough to win a lot of games anyway. They hold it back. They throw it out there in the playoffs and, and torch people. But, I mean, some of the effectiveness isn't even really anything that isn't seen anyway. Like, I mean, they were just running normal kind of run schemes uh, and run plays from McKinnon, and he was just making them work. I, I, I wouldn't say that. I mean, this, this is the NFL. Everybody knows it. I mean, even when you go against the team like the Jets, you still have to come out and bring your A game. Look at the Jets. They mm-hmm. beat two teams that are in the playoffs this season, and they were still awful. They beat the yeah. Titans. It could have that one game could have given the Titans a, a not number one seed, and the they Buffalo, absolutely needed our, the Buffalo Bills lost to the Jags. I mean, it, sometimes I mean, the, that shit just happens. The, the Colts, Colts lost. The Colts the Jags. lost to the Jags, to get into and the they playoffs. get out of the playoffs. So when it comes to do does a team hold plays back? No. Now, do they potentially have separate play sheets that go for regular season and for postseason of things that, oh, hey, we've seen this work. We're going to run plays that allow the teams to think that we're running this and we're actually going to run this. 
Yes, they'll do that, but it also goes to scripted plays. You look at you look at all NFL teams, and the first ten to fifteen plays of uh, for the offense of every single team are always scripted. And then after that, you go off riff, and um, you you make the adjustments. And that's exactly what you saw in this game. The only issue was is the Chiefs didn't see ten to fifteen plays until they were like five five drives deep. And that's why it wasn't, that's why it wasn't working. That's why we were all hesitant to begin with is because we were waiting for the adjustments to come based upon the 10 to 15 plays that we made. The adjustments came, you saw the the out routes to the sticks, the short routes, the flat routes, even the screens. And then that set up the, the, the mid range, long range, then it set up the play action and it set up Jarek McKinnon to be able to do the things that he was able to do. Um, and then Pat obviously being able to escape and get those 30 yards with his own feet also set up a couple other plays and it's just going through the flow of the game one word of caution i would have uh, about this game is you're not going to be able to start like that against the bills they were they the Chiefs started really poorly on offense could not find the rhythm you can get away with that against pittsburgh because pittsburgh's offense is just bad as we've covered and the chiefs defense to their credit is good and they also they Mm -hmm. they largely dominated the steelers but and I don't think the bills can, I don't think the bills are capable of repeating the performance they had against new England. Cause that's a once in a lifetime, first time in the NFL history kind of performance generally was the first time in NFL history that's happened. So I don't think that's going to happen, but they're still way better than the Steelers on offense. You, you can't start that poorly um, and hope to win. I mean, you can hope to win, but well, you're you going to come, you're going to start a hole. You also and that's not something you want against Buffalo. You also can't put your defense on the field against Buffalo that, fast of a turnaround yeah. I mean, we, what did they do I, they punted like i mean they had times one, i think the they first I th- quarter i think they half. had one first down and four drives and if you give if you get the buffalo bills the ball with one first down and four drives your defense is going to be gassed and i would expect no less than 17 points out of that maybe yeah i mean it, it, it's i expect the chiefs to start better but tyler do you th- is that something that is a little concerning uh, a slow start Uh, it's not something that I'm a hundred percent worried about. To be honest, I think the Steelers have a better defense than what we're going to be seeing from the bills after what we've seen through the full season. Mm -hmm. Um, They, they came out, they, they played to their uh, 10 to 15 plays and then they got adjusted to we've got Andy Reid. He's the best adjuster in the league. We've got Steve Spagnuolo, who you guys know, I'm not a big fan of, but he does, make decent adjustments and while they've got a red hot fire offense going into the playoffs they just beat a a Patriots team that I'm not really worried about and then they struggled all the way getting into the playoffs Mm -hmm. Um, I don't believe going in a different game plan I don't believe that that is something that we'll have to be cautious of uh, going into the divisional round Uh, anything else to add about uh, this Chiefs win before we move on to the rest of the playoff week Huh? Big shout out for uh, we we obviously talked about Pat's records that he's been setting there. He was one touchdown pass away from uh, uh, tying the record for most touchdown passes in a playoff game. That touchdown pass was stolen by Travis Kelsey, who waited <laughs> uh, 12, 9, 10 years um, to uh, get his first NFL passing touchdown. And he should have thrown it, it to Pat. He should have thrown it to Pat. He should have thrown they, it to Pat. That they would have they came out and they came out and told him, "Do not read the defensive Pringles. Not there. You're running it." That, that's what they told him. 
Uh, he came out good. post. He came out post game pressers. He's like, last time I tried to read a, read a defense, they ended up picking the ball off. <laughs> yeah. Well, so. and not only did he throw a touchdown, but he also set another record, or at least joins legends. He is now uh, third on the all time list for most 100 yard performances um, by a receiver uh, in the NFL. Uh, I think he's got was that five, eight somewhere in there. I think he, I think four or five was in there so he's up with uh larry fitzgerald and i believe it was heinz ward or no antonio brown sorry in, in the fitzgerald playoffs and antonio brown in the playoffs most antonio clown most oh <laughs> that guy where's where's he playing at again oh yeah <laughs> always fun to dunk on antonio brown hopefully you know i mean fun from a distance uh, all right, let, let's let's see what we got here in the rest of the week. Very interesting week. Not a lot of close games. The first one was, though, Raiders at Bengals on Saturday. Uh, Bengals get the win 26-19. They're heading to Tennessee. What did you guys think about that one? I do not know how the Bengals let it get that close at the end. Uh, I mean, what would what, they have? A fourth down and goal to win it, obviously. Uh, yeah, they had the chance to tie. They were at the goal yeah, line with the chance to have, tie. You have Derek... Derek Carr in that situation and that usually goes one way um man it, I, I don't know how you let it get to that um had a lot more faith in the Bengals just blowing the crap out of them but uh I don't know it makes me a little less scared about the Bengals uh because they're just they're they're really streaky maybe they just felt like they could just do enough uh to beat the Raiders um uh, because it's it it kind of was an easy game for them um, I don't know. Interesting game, though. It was one of the better games of the week. I like seeing Derek Carr play well. Um, I think the NFL is better when historic franchises uh, play well, and that's something that they did. Uh, I think that was a big game for Carr. Uh, and honestly, still sitting back, mm-hmm. if I'm uh, a Raiders personnel, I look at that game and say, hey, you've got a guy that goes out and fights and he gets he does everything that he can to win. And the team that was around him really wasn't the best pieces to help him win against a good team like the Bengals. Give me some first round picks for him. Still got quite a few years left in the league. You gave up a first round and a third round or something like that. First and a second, first and a third for Carson Wentz. Give me two first rounds and he's yours. Build your team outside of that. Um, I think that's really going to help the Raiders organization, but I don't think they're smart enough to ship them off. Well, you never know, though. I mean, the Raiders are in massive, uh, at least organizational reboot mode. We'll see what they do with the actual team itself. It would also bring in some good cash flow for them since they're seeming to be lacking that. Yeah, that's uh, very true as well. Interesting game. uh, As Caleb said, I did think this was going to be a little bit close. Uh, It's always fun when it comes down to the last plays. Um, so good one. Uh, and like I said, somehow this was arguably one of the best games of the weekend. Uh, next up, we got Patriots at Bills and what ended up being an absolute drubbing. Bills win 47-17. Um, I don't think there's a ton to discuss here other than like that was literally at least the most efficient offensive performance in the history of the NFL. The Bills um, yeah. went, you know, they, they scored seven touchdowns on seven possessions where they were trying to score. No punts, no field goals, no turnovers. That's ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely crazy. Um, super efficient from the offense. Uh, it's, it's a perfect game. Never been done. Uh, they they scored on a touchdown on every possession, and uh, they knelt the ball out the end. That that that's exactly what you want. And and uh, the Patriots they look like complete frauds. 
I mean, this is exactly what I expected from the Patriots. Uh, I I maybe expected them to play a little bit closer, but honestly, this Patriots team was bad at the beginning of the season. They got hot in the middle uh, and and they flamed out very quickly at the end. Um, Bill has done everything he can with the defense that he built. I mean, he's got a very solid defense there and they can't even go out and, and win a game against a team that's been streaky uh throughout the season uh streaky and poor i should say in the bills um so uh, not not much outside of what i expected for for bill belichick mac jones led patriots team going into the playoffs makes sense to me uh moving into the sunday games uh eagles and buccaneers the buccaneers uh led the game 31 nothing at one point the final 31 to 15 um, this and the Chief Steelers blowout begs the question, do we really need the seven seed? Uh, not really, but it is. it makes the end of the regular season more fun. Um, yeah. But yeah, another uh, a, another big win for Tom Brady at home in and the playoffs. Makes, you know, sky's it, blue and water's wet. And it, makes, you ask, it, also, it also makes being the, the sole one seed uh, a much better accomplishment. Yes. That it does. That it does. I wouldn't mind adding in an eighth and giving the bye back to – or just, Back have no to, buy. or just have no buy either either or I really really wouldn't mind having that if we're going to have the seventh seed in after the last two years of doing it last year's wild card was a little bit better and who knows maybe it's just different every season i kind of like the one um, seed just having having that as i think a, the one seed definitely deserves the buy um and and the eagles lost me money and uh i'm, I'm not happy about it not happy about it and uh jalen jalen hurts uh I thought he looked pretty decent in the in the first quarter, um, and then not not so good after that. Uh, I think the Eagles may be looking still for a quarterback as they move in through the offseason. You don't bet against Tom Brady in the playoffs. When I'll bet against learn? him next week when he plays the Rams. When he is going to learn. I might agree with you, Tyler, about them looking for a quarterback if the draft class was even like 3% better <laughs> than it is because the draft class is not very good. Now, you could argue, you know, are they going to try to throw their name in the Russ Wilson sweepstakes in the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes? I don't think they, they could, but team. I don't really see how they're going to pick up those guys when seemingly there's other teams that are going to be well ahead of them in, in the running. Um, otherwise, yeah, I don't really know who's out there that is a massive upgrade. There's yeah. nobody who's really a massive upgrade, but we've also seen teams do some crazy things to get a quarterback who's at least a little bit accomplished. Um, Derek I would Carr expect... would actually be in a not terrible play. Derek Carr think... wouldn't be an awful play. Don't forget Pittsburgh's still going to be in the running for a quarterback, but I, I, think... I expect the Niners, who's the next game and won, uh, are going to move off of Jimmy G regardless, uh, unless they win a Super Bowl this year, which nobody sees that happening, would be moving off of Jimmy G at the end of the season. He may be a name to look at for the Eagles as they look for a better option to what they have, which I, think, I don't know if he's better, but he is an upgrade in veteran status. I think the last thing that you want as the Eagles organization is to be put in a position where you have to extend Jalen Hurts past his rookie contract. And they've got two seasons. They've got two two more seasons to, to deal with that as they come. So I don't know. We'll have to see how they how they want to play that one out. J- Jalen is definitely he's cut in the mold of a guy that should make about thirty million, but he's not worth more than fifteen. I would agree. 
Yeah, I think it's fair. So um, I would I would hate to have to be in those contract negotiations. Speaking of contract negotiations, negotiations, uh, Dak Prescott and the Cowboys, uh, they lost. They Cowboysed really early. Was he on franchise tag or did he get a contract? He got a contract, two hundred million dollars. That's what I thought. Forty million a year. Um, yeah. Let's let's cut all pretense here. Um, what about that that draw call? I think it could hurt Kellen more. I think it, it, it I think is it hurting Kellen really, more. <laughs> well, it's hurting him now, but I think it could hurt him in future uh, head coaching interviews. He's already going in for interviews um, that that has been released uh, or at least being asked to be interviewed. Uh, I think mm-hmm. that's going to be one of the big, big things that people talk about is you're in the playoffs. You call a draw right there. What the hell are you thinking? Yeah. I think every interview he's, he is uh, getting called to He's pr- that play is probably getting brought up. I mean, I it, do it wanna, would have to be. Yeah, I do want to say though, like this is a, exactly not only what I expected from the Cowboys. It's what I expected out of Dak. Dak did put up a pretty decent performance, but like, has Dak ever won a big game? Not really. He had, he, he had, he's one and three had, in the playoffs. He had three opportunities to win a big game this regular season. One of those he did win. That was against the Chargers, who no longer didn't even make the playoffs. So that can yeah. no longer be considered a big game. He lost a close game to uh, uh, Tampa Bay, uh, first game of the season. I thought, hey, man, maybe maybe they're maybe they're better set than they have been. Uh, and then they got blown out by the Chiefs, and by the end of the season, like Dak is going to continue to do this. He's going to break records and put up five touchdowns in in the league. I was talking, I was talking with uh, old P Diddy uh, about this during the game. Which Good is his players, friend Preston. <laughs> Preston, friend uh, of the show, friend of the show. Uh, one of the things is, is we we all agree that good players rely on good players. But Dak Preston also likes Stan Sorensen. Boo. He does. And Ben Neiman. <laughs> so that tells you where he's He at. likes Ben Neiman? What? Yeah, he does. Uh, oh, so boy. good players rely on good players, right? You know, that I think that's a good, good determination of every Super Bowl winning team. The only thing here is, is I don't think Dak is one of those good players that is relying on other good players. I think he's being held up by the great players that he has. Name me another quarterback who has been – toted as high as Dak is when their receivers and running backs have had over a thousand yards with other quarterbacks who are awful, namely Andy Dalton and Ben Danuki, as Caleb likes to call him. Danuki. Like the, like the, like the potato noodle. (laughs) There's, there's no other quote. There's no other quarterback (laughs) out there who's being toted ever in the history of the NFL. Uh, Maybe no, I, you can't even say, Elway I don't like Elway I don't think he was as good as everybody puts him up to be but nobody's been listed as high as Dak Prescott when his receivers have done just as good without him as they do with him Dak Prescott is better than Joe Namath because Joe Namath is really bad but that's not the conversation we're having yeah I agree uh I mean he's got an incredible (laughs) team an incredible offense uh CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper is I mean the the you could argue that both of them are in uh, top 10, top 15 wide receivers in the NFL. Uh, C.D. Lamb obviously he's, has a little bit of a drop. Uh, drop. Uh, he's got some dropsies. But uh, Ezekiel Elliott is a top 10 running back. Uh, Tony Pollard, you could argue, is a top 20, top 15 in the league. Um, 
I mean, he's, five he's offensive got, line. He's, like, he's got some you, really you good got, pieces around him. He's got two receivers that have over a thousand yards. And he's got a corner that corners. gave him the ball back eleven times this season off of interceptions. Exactly. You got CD. You got CD who caught uh, who who had a uh, thousand yards this season. Amari Cooper almost had a thousand yards this season and was out. He hit a thousand yards with Andy Dalton and Ben DiNucci. He had a thousand yards with with Derek Carr. Um, Zeke, no matter what, has hit a thousand yards rushing. Tony Pollard, like you said, could be a number one any other team that he goes at. He's just going to be behind Zeke while he's in Dallas. Um, he's got a top five offensive line. If we're going to continue to put Dak in this upper echelon territory, he's going to need to start winning big games. And I'm one of the guys who will say winning is not a QB stat, but they are the people who affect the wins and the losses most often. And mm-hmm. the big tall tale sign is what I had just said previously. If you're, if your outlying players are putting up the same or better numbers with other players, namely Andy Dalton, Ben DiNucci, and you're coming in and giving them the same numbers, but not winning the games. You, you can't be you can't be regarded in the upper echelon. I don't care how many times you throw five touchdown games; it's not going to matter. An elite can't win the big ones. An elite roster is going to win you a lot of games, and it's going to bring you to the playoffs. But you got to have an elite quarterback to win those big games. And Dak Prescott is one and three in the playoffs, and he is starting to build a reputation of not being able to win the big ones in the regular season. But they are beating the bad teams, and that's really what matters, uh, or what what has mattered to get them to the playoffs. Um, that's that's all the Dak has been been known to do so far. You, you just can't win the schedule. big ones. They, they just they don't they they win like you said, Caleb. They win the the games against the bad teams, and I think uh, I think the 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 league and fans as a whole need to start looking at Dak in a little bit different light. Yep, he's got yeah, an elite I- roster, and they win they win the little games. I think all those points make a lot of sense. I, I still like Dak a lot, um, but I, I, I would agree. I, I don't know if he is that guy, and I don't know I, if he's going to be that I guy. also do not think that Mike McCarthy being his head coach is doing him any favors. So. No, and also his O-line no. was horrendous against the Niners. The Niners shredded that O-line. The Niners have a very good defensive line, though. But, but I'll tell you, you what, even with Mike that. McCarthy's any uh, inequalities, if that's the right word, I think that's right. Inequities. Inequities with his inequities, Aaron Rodgers was able to win a Super Bowl with a lesser roster than the Cowboys have with Mike McCarthy at head coach. That just shows Aaron Rodgers is an elite quarterback and he deserves to be up there. You want to put Dak in the top 10 based on quarterbacks who don't win Super Bowls? Fine. That's fine by me. But I think you need to look at him if you put him in a, I don't know, everybody's going to rag on me for this, but I'm just saying switch him spots with Baker. I don't think the two do too differently outside of what they're doing on each respective team. I think Dak's a lot better than Baker for the record, but a guy that we might have to evaluate. I don't think, I don't think either one are doing much. I don't think the Cardinals are better. I think the Cardinals are actually worse if they get Dak. And let's move on to that game. The Cardinals and Rams. Um, Man, Kyler Murray was bad. He was really bad in this game. Uh, Rams win 34 to 11, the final game, the first Monday night playoff game. Uh, Rams dominate from beginning to end. Uh, all I got to say is the Rams kicked a field goal at the end and just screwed up my scoregami. But uh, <laughs> let's curse, curse you, Sean McVay. For 34 to 11 has happened before? Yes. yes, it has happened twice. Wow. Um, 31 actually, to 11 has not. It actually happened pretty recently. Uh, 34 to 11, I think, happened huh. earlier this season. 
Uh, But it's only happened twice in history before this. 31 to 11 has not, and 37 to 11 has not. So they could have just kicked another field goal or something. But, you know, (laughs) Sean McVay hates Scorgami confirmed. So, (laughs) yeah, I don't know. Kyler played awful. I, what what happens at the end of this? I don't think there's a whole lot you can put into this game because it was just a disaster class by the Cardinals all over the field. Um, what, was that the worst happens, pick six you've ever seen? It was it was, it was the shortest uh, pick six in postseason history. Was with three yards, which I think instantaneously makes it one of the worst of, uh, of all time. <laughs> yes, I think it does. Um, what happens at the end of this season? They went out and uh, picked up Josh Rosen in the first round. Uh, give up a number one pick for Kyler Murray. Uh, they bring in Cliff Kingsbury after not really doing anything at college as a head coach at all. Uh, take him to the playoff. They lose out on the number one seed because they're they're dumb uh, and not good. What what ha- what do you guys think happens at the end of this season? Well, now that the Cardinal season is over between Kyler Murray and the Cardinals and Cliff, B- Cliff Kingsbury and the Cardinals. Oh, no. I think he's got um, another year. I, so th- this is my take on, on the Cardinals and what they should do. Uh, you can agree with it if you want. Uh, I think I think that the Cardinals should move on from Cliff Kingsbury and bring in a strong offensive-minded uh, head coach and do exactly what the Bucks did in, I think it was 2003, where John Gruden came in and won a Super Bowl with Tony Dungy's team. Because Cliff Kingsbury, as bad as he has been as a head coach, I think, he has built a phenomenal roster. You have Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt on the defense. You got a great secondary. You've got A.J. Green, DeAndre Hopkins at wide receiver, Zach Ertz at tight end, Christian Kirk. And you got Kyler Murray, and and their running back uh, committee is pretty nice with Chase Edmonds and James Conner. I think you bring in an offensive-minded uh, guru head coach, and you win a damn Super Bowl with that roster. I don't hate that plan at all. Um, but I do think they're going to stick with Kingsbury at least one more season. Uh, I think he's got next year. We'll see what happens next year. Um, but I, I, I use this example a lot, but I think it is a good one. I, I think he very much could be kind of the Mark Jackson to his follow-up Steve Kerr um, in that it's a guy that he's, it's not that he's bad. Uh, he's just not the guy that can take you over the top. You get a guy that can take you over the top uh, yep. with a really, really solid roster uh, to win some actual chips. I think the Cardinals need to grow a pair here and fire a coach that's been winning to get a coach that can actually win you the big one. And the Bengals need to do the same with Zach Taylor. That is true. That's right. I don't think Zach Taylor is ever going to win an AFC championship, but with that roster, he should. I'll, I'll say this much. If they do move off of Cliff Kingsbury um, as they move out through uh, through the offseason, watch out for Brian Dabble going out here. He's going to get a job somewhere this year. I think this offseason, Dabble gets hired. I don't think that's a crazy take at all. Uh, it'd be interesting if he was uh, to end up in Arizona. Uh, any anything else to add, boys, before we get out of here? Yes, sir. All right. Well, we will be back next uh, next couple days here to preview Chiefs and Bills in the divisional round. The Chiefs looking to make it four consecutive trips to the AFC title game, and depending how things go in that Titans-Bengals game, potentially four consecutive hostings 
of the AFC title game. I am Landon Fields. You can find me on Twitter at Fields underscore Lando. I'm Caleb Derlin. You can find me on Twitter at CDerlin53. I'm Tyler Savatinaya. You can find me at underscore Suavage underscore. Find the show at TLCFP. We'll see you guys in a couple days. As always, go Chiefs. Go Chiefs. Chiefs.